Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Ringside Ramblings, brought to you by the Square Circle Journal. I am your host, Sam Keola, the Wrestling Connoisseur, and today we have some special guests with us, as always, Trucker Kyle, wait for the toot, there it is, and uh, another special guest today, he is also, I don't know if he's quite the wrestling connoisseur level, but he's, he's pretty deep into it, I'm talking about our good friend Josh. How's it going, Josh? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. So, guys, you know, this earlier this morning, uh, a couple of us went over money in the bank. Josh, just in general, how did you feel about money in the bank? <laughs> so, um, in general, I was entertained. Um, I went into it wanting to be entertained. I didn't want to go into it. And that's kind of been my approach for WWE in recent years is like, you know, I can tear it apart or I, if I'm paying for the subscription, I want to get something out of it. And I'd rather have joy than sadness. So I said, Hey, entertain me, do your best. I'll take what you got. Now it wasn't perfect, of course, but uh, we'll get into the details as we go along. In general though. <laughs> so, so on entertainment level, how much joy Mary Kondo, Marie Kondo, how much joy does she bring this bring you uh, one to five stars? Um, I mean, uh, okay, I'm not rating this, like, from a critical perspective. <laughs> for me, personally, I'd have to say three, five to four, honestly. Like, I was like, hey, good time. Really? Yeah, I had a good time. And I don't want to take away stars from a good time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. I, I did not now, have Now, let me, let me amend that. <laughs> I will take away a star for being crapped on at the very, very end. It was like, build me up, build me up, build me up. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think I think that was just the proverbial topping, you know, on the on the ice cream. That was the cherry on top. Uh, for a pay-per-view that was yeah. It, I I really like Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong here. I think it's a great concept. I do think it's a they played it out really bad. Um, I think Money in the Bank, Royal Rumble, the gimmick pay-per-views, um, it's hard to, to sustain a crowd for that long. And they, they pack these cards top to bottom. Oh, yeah. It's the hard part. And you're sitting there for hours and hours and hours, and they got like an hour pre-show, and it's like three-hour pay-per-view, and it's just it's too much. So I think if they just did like the men's Money in the Bank, the women's Money in the Bank, and had like your two major title matches and left it at that, it, it would be much better. Um, instead of like title match, title match, title match, title match, title match. And then your two money in the banks too. It's way too much. Oh yeah. And I think that there was a sense of urgency. It felt like a little bit, everybody was impatient. Like, okay, let's go. Okay, let's go. There were quite a few segments that were way shorter than you may have ex- would have expected. You know, Elias and Roman was really short. Becky had what fifteen yeah. minutes of screen time altogether. I think I read somewhere. I'm curious with the Roman part if it's not just protecting Roman a little bit more because of uh, him still recovering from leukemia and the treatments and whatnot. Because I mean, he's still probably doing treatments even though he's on the road to some fashion. Oh yeah, and they might want to oh, give I mean, small that- doses. They probably don't want to oversaturate Roman, especially with the. Uh, the backlash from the wild card rule, but uh, 
they have they they don't want to get him back to being booed. They had him cheered because of sympathy, yeah. and now they can't lose that. They can't. And you know, even John is talking about this, and uh, the problem here, I think, is just having him win constantly is going to get him there. It's going to get him booed more than anything. So I think that if they had had him come out and Elias cheated and win, would have gotten Roman over more than having him win every week and having him uh, see him Monday Night Raw and SmackDown both. It's just too much. All right. So with all that said about Money in the Bank, Josh likes it. (laughs) The rest of us, not so much. I think our friend, the loose cannon, was probably in tears by the end of the pay-per-view last <laughs> yes. night. <laughs> so, she uh, was probably throwing stuff and completely yeah, she pissed she off. Her phone. <laughs> yeah, she, um, she did. And her phone, I've seen it. It's it's totally jacked. Uh, it's cracked all over. I believe I believe it's held together by like uh, uh, the clear packing tape. It's just totally packed together. Tonight, Monday Night Raw, heading into this, all this this uh, backlash from the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And it seems like they're really trying to suck people in, like they're going to introduce a new title. There's there's question if it's a hardcore title, if it's a Legends title. Um, someone even said maybe it's a six-man title, which I would love. If it's a six-man title, you've, you've got my interest again. As, as someone who's just like ready to quit watching the product altogether, a six-man title may be enough to keep me around for a little bit. But uh, if it's a Legends title, I'm just waiting for WWE to introduce the Zeta boards for the WWE Universe because uh, that's some that's some shit right there, a Legends title. That is ridiculous. If there were Legends that could still be watchable, I mean, they can't have The Rock come back every month, can they? <laughs> They can't, but I mean, you could have uh, Undertaker show up twice a year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's one more once once more a year than Brock. Yeah. So that would be a perfect title for Brock, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really, like a Legends Bell. I mean, who who could they even bring in? Just an occasional aspect like that to to hold a belt that's just so ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's. No, it stopped. I can't. There's really no one still here that could even try that. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You'd have to redefine the term legend to make that viable. Kind of already have. Hall of Fame championship, Dash Wilder, your first champion. There you go. Um,. Some people say the hardcore belt, and I really hope it's not. I'm, I'm on the Al Snow school of thought here. If you have a hardcore title that's done, that's played out, that was like that was the Attitude Era. And uh, if you have a hardcore belt, it kind of all this other gimmick stuff just flies away. It's meaningless. Yeah, I and of course that's the initial response because it's Mick Foley announcing it. Um, right, but. I have to agree. I don't see it working in today's climate either as far as they're wanting to avoid the blood and everything. They're still trying to be PG-ish. I know they're blurring that line more recently, but they're not embracing a hardcore mentality. You know, the the thing about the six-man belts that intrigues me is because 
Vince has been pushing the three man group so much these last five years or so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've had the New Day, we've had Shield, we've had uh, Sanity, uh, some of the preliminary groups. Uh, um, yeah, the three man band. Uh, got Social Outcasts, the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got down in NXT, uh, the Forgotten Sons. Yeah. Uh, we got Lucha House Party. So, I mean, there's so many three-man groups. Vince loves it, obviously. He's not big on tags, but he loves the three-man group. So, I'm wondering if he's just not like, hey, this isn't a bad idea. A writer said that he pitched the idea for a three-man or six-man tag titles um, not long ago. So, this could be a possible thing that Vince is like, huh. I can keep everybody under contract and just throw them in a three-man group and do these six-man tag titles and kind of use some people. Something I learned playing some of the simulation games like um, Extreme Warfare and stuff, if you have a huge roster, having a division of a six-man tag is incredible because you can still feature more people on the same show without taking away TV time from everyone else, if that makes sense. Like you yeah. have to cram in, and it's bordering on Royal Rumble Battle Royal, but they the six man tag is kind of that max limit of this is as many people as you can put into a ring and make it a match, not a spectacle. If that makes sense. Well, you you say you're starting to watch Japan. I know Kyle, you've watched Japan for a while. Yeah. And uh, if you look at New Japan and how they run their shows, I mean, they have you know the eight man tags, the six man tags regular tags. The tag team is the foundation of a New Japan show. And so, I mean, they use their entire roster, get their groups in, they have the big faction wars and whatnot, and they are able to use pretty much everybody on tour. And it it makes entertainment, it makes for interesting uh, storyline building. You know, you'll get your feuds coming out of these eight-man, six-man tags. It makes it easy. I miss stables, honestly. Like, yeah, themed, formal, stable, and things. Oh, dear. I believe Godzilla has attacked Washington State. Josh, <laughs> are you still with us? Still does sh- show showing, gone. but you're fired. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, that's. That is I would love to see a six-man tag. I would, uh, too, and kind of like what you said, you know, that could pull me, pull me, pull us back in. Yeah. I would like to see it because kind of what you were going at, you know, new judge, do what? If, you, if we look at it, the raw tag camps, where have they been? Exactly. They're non-existent. You know, at least you could have hell put Roman with uh, the Raw Tag Champs and let them, you know, have a six-man tag team. I mean, this is how we get the Horsemen, even. Yeah, the Horsemen come together because they just threw them together at the end of the card. They didn't have have time. Threw them together in promos. These are your heel champions. You threw them together in matches to save time. But all of a sudden, these guys are working together as a unit. They're like, "Hey, I think we're onto something here." 
And uh, God, the greatest faction of all time, came out of this, this idea of doing these, these sorts of tasks. So I, I don't know what else to expect from Raw tonight. Apparently, they're saying Brock Lesnar will be on the show tonight. And supposedly, there's going to be the statement that Brock Lesnar is going to challenge Seth Rollins at Superstar Showdown or Super Showdown. Um, yeah, we, we definitely lost Josh. He's no longer in the conversation. Oh, no. Yeah, he's gone. Gone yeah. now. So, <laughs> just, just heard the phone hang up. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? Lesnar versus Rollins, Super Showdown. Uh, complete crap. I mean, no one. We, we know that that's what we're going to see, but that's not what. That's not what I want to see. Yeah. Josh, you are know. you back with us? I like to hope so. We'll see. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Godzilla had gotten you, or maybe Brock Lesnar broke into your apartment or something. Oh, that would be making my day worse. I can't have that. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the theory, the the rumor is that Brock Lesnar is going to announce that he's going to face uh, Seth Rollins at Super Showdown tonight. Um, I, I really hope not. Like, if this is all just for a publicity stunt for Saudi Arabia, that seems to me like you've just wasted – Money in the bank. You just blew your wife super early. I mean, no, they totally the did. By Lesnar. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, by giving Lesnar the victory, they're totally crapping all over and everybody who was in that match and just saying, no, nah, we want to build this extra spectacle thing over here. Goldberg and Undertaker isn't enough. Your champions aren't enough. We have to have this dickhead who no one likes come back again and be thrust into the picture. Yeah. Not only that, but nobody in the fucking match knew that they were going to do that. Apparently not. That's, that's, you know, that's what's hit the dirt sheets is that nobody knew. Yeah, it was a surprise uh, last minute kind of jumped on him. Somebody's going to come out while you're on the ladder. That's the way I read yeah. the... <laughs> Which is yeah. awful. It really, that is awful way to, to run a company. I mean, I get you want everything to be a surprise and hush-hush, but... Um, you know, I mean, let's fast forward. It's 2019. You know, that's that's not going to happen. It's going to get leaked somewhere sometime, and it's kind of dangerous otherwise. Uh, if that had been me, like I said this morning, if I was Ali and I was on that ladder and they were like, hey, you know, somebody's music will hit before you grab the briefcase. If I had heard Brock Lesnar's music hit, I would have taken the briefcase off the latch. <laughs> because that's reality. Who would wait? Yeah, no kidding, right? I was wondering that, too. Like, didn't he have it? He just stopped stopped yeah. and stared. You're like, oh, no, here he comes. <laughs> I'd like, be like, screw this. I will go to Impact or I will go to ROH, but I will go there as money in the bank champion. <laughs> because that's, that's ridiculous. But I guess it, it is what it is. But if this is all just for a stunt for a Saudi Arabia Rollins versus Lesnar match, uh, I feel it's it's really pitiful when you could have uh, put it on Corbin and had Corbin tease it for the next six to seven months, cashing, trying to cash in every Raw and every pay-per-view and just biding his time. Like trying um, instead of, Yeah. 
I think that's a little too close to the mouth there. Oh, my uh, computer is <laughs> trying to connect to my headphones too. I'm just going to. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of concerned in, in one level. But here's the thing: I don't blame Brock Lesnar himself. He's getting the best deal for the best money, and you know, if if you're an athlete and you're his age and his stage of his career, you're not going to want to wrestle every night in and out, 200 nights a year. So I mean, I get it what he's doing. Let me ask but, this real quick, Sam, on that point. Yeah. Um, do you think that Lesnar has not been exposed to enough veterans of the business, uh, particularly Undertaker, who have tried to put instill in him a sense of respect for the business and the legacy that it holds? Like, kinda, has that just completely washed on him? Or I, I don't know. I mean, uh you know, if you have a guy like Sting or Undertaker and, and these types, most of them want to give back. Let's look at Rhino, for instance. He's not hes not your superstar main event guy, but Rhino recently didn't sign back with the company because he wants to be on the road with the up-and-comers. And so, so here you have Brock Lesnar, and he could put a guy over, but at the same time, he's a, he's a big name. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like, well, who do you put over? And then after that point, it's like, well, who will Vince McMahon let you put over? Because apparently uh, Paul Heyman and Brock were really high on Joe, and they wanted to put Joe over. But Vince didn't want to do it. See, now that's something that I would have been really excited to see. And it's it really, made, it makes sense. <laughs> it would have made Joe in the WWE. You would have had instant star because you would have had the guy that defeated Brock Lesnar, and he fits the bill. Oh, yeah. You know, so As far as being a legitimate contender, I mean, yeah. really, everyone else, I'm like, they have to pull something else. There have to be shenanigans, a dusty finish to pull any title away from Brock. He's the way they've booked him and everything, or bring Goldberg back for a month or two. But Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, which we'll we're, we're get Goldberg versus Undertaker, of course. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if they use this just as a cementing point for Seth Rollins' championship, um, I guess that would be fine. But again, you're you're just wasting the money in the bank briefcase at this point. Um, and Bailey's cashed in already, so that's done. You're, you'll have a whole year without a money in the bank. And this last. You know, this last part of the year, building up WrestleMania, I was just kind of like, God, I wish there was a money in the money in the bank briefcase holder to kind of, you know, change things up a little bit, make it a little bit more exciting. But they had already had already done all that. Uh, oh yeah, I was a little bit torn on the Bailey thing. Ultimately, that was pretty cool. Um, but they could have drawn it out more. She could have held that for a while longer. Yeah, I kind of figured that's what they were going to do, though, because they want to get uh, a Becky. And I, in my opinion, Vince is being really spicy right now. Yeah, he's shaking <laughs> it to Sasha. He's saying, "Look, if you were here, you could be champion. Maybe for more than I was one." I'm thinking that too. Like, man, that's that's cold. <laughs> you know, I was just like, "Man, who could it? What could they do here?" And then I was like, "Oh my God, they strap Bailey." To, to throw it at Sasha. And then the interview was just 
Saucer, saucer, That's saucer. what I was just about to say. Yep. It was ridiculous. You know, so. she's not here right now, but, of course, she she brought her up, you know. Yeah. So. So, I mean, it's a little bit crazy. I, I'm kind of hoping that Lesnar does not cash in for Saudi Arabia. Uh, even though it's Brock, it's like, I would much prefer they stretch this out as like this noose hanging over Seth Rollins' head uh, for at least a while. You know, have his music hit. Have Paul Heyman walk out and have him almost get pinned. And Paul just be mm. like, that close. You're that close to losing Stick the title. I think that's a really cool idea. We can hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know what else. They haven't released any other information that I've seen for Raw tonight. Uh and uh, as everybody was saying this morning, you know, hey, it's Vince. He's probably already scrapped the script and uh, have everybody rewriting. So I guess we'll see. So, yeah. yeah. Does anybody else have anything else to add for uh, for everything going to happen tonight? Um, I'm, I don't know how much you guys covered. Did you guys do like a match by match? I didn't. Yeah, uh, we pretty much went match by match this morning. And, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, money in the bank. Well, let me let me shout out a few of my favorite moments and get your guys' thoughts. Because again, I was entertained by the show, and when everybody just what, <laughs> that comment you made earlier when you said uh, when I talked about you crapping on it, that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even remember. I said it was like a, a shit all over the toilet, and then rap wiped it on the walls. Oh yeah, it was everywhere. Anyway, that's, <laughs> I just was not entertained by the show at all. I fell asleep three times. And then to hear, of course, uh, you know, Loose Cannon freaking out. Like, <laughs> I would have liked to have seen that. Apparently, uh, the Loose Cannon is very oh, goodbye. Oh well, <laughs> let me just say this: uh, the Cannon is very much in love with Ali. She has a few of her favorites and. That was a moment for her when Ali was up there getting ready to take it down. And, uh, you know, there's there's rumor that he was slated to win Money in the Bank. I don't know how true that is. But, uh, yeah, you I've know, heard, if it is true, they, they seem to be really that. high on Ali. So, who knows? I, I don't think it would have carried much weight. I don't know, you know, Ali versus Rollins, Ali versus Kofi. I'm not sure who who you would fit into that box. Uh, I, you know, honestly, they had such a, such a debt, uh, heel lineup there. I could have seen any of the heels winning and it'd be good, but yeah, I mean, there's so many ways that it could have gone and still been good, (laughs) you know, like kind of, kind of go back to what Josh said. I can't say that I enjoyed it because we, we 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 both know that I didn't. Yeah. Um, if you want to <laughs> rate it in stars like, like he did, as far as enjoying it, you can't really. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe it's like if if I'm paying for this and I'm watching it, I want to be entertained. I don't want to have to choose to like. This philosophical, like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this because I paid for it. You know, I'm going to get my $10 worth. I mean, the network itself is probably worth it, even if you don't enjoy the pay per It is. Because you got all the old school stuff and everything else. But when it comes to the pay-per-views and the weekly shows, 
I hold WWE to a really, really, really high standard because they are that global company that, uh, you know, they're, they're at the forefront. And so, to me, they should be putting on the absolute best product that they can. I mean, to me, this is like if Disney decided to get into wrestling, I would hold Disney to that WWE level that I have, you know, that they need to put on a global product, which is the best they can possibly do. I expect the Avengers of wrestling when I watch WWE because of just the stature of the company. That is fair. Oh, like Impact. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to watch Impact Wrestling. Uh, I got a little bit lower standards than them because, you know, they don't have as much money. They're not getting as, as good this and that. And, and Impact's hit or miss. I think Impact uh, has all the right players. They just don't have the right players in the right spot. But, all right, Josh, you were going to say a couple of the matches that you really enjoyed. Or a couple things you really enjoyed. Well, it was, it was, it was for me the spots and – I did want to say, too, that Money in the Bank as a pay-per-view is going to be mostly a spot fest, yeah. so we have to kind of judge it a little differently. Um, but, yeah, I thought, um, like, in the women's match, so my my favorite spot of the entire show was the uh, Ember Moon's finisher off the ladder. Just uh-huh. loved that move, and that was awesome to see. Um, I don't know if Natalia could have sold it better, but whatever. I got to see that, and that was cool. Um, I thought... Uh, Baron Corbin delivered a choke slam through a table to Ali that I thought I was like, yeah, I was impressed. Was I was like, that's the best choke slam through a table I've probably ever seen. Yeah. And I hate Corbin and have since NXT. And I was like, he had another spot where he caught, uh, I don't remember who they were flying out of the ring. I think it was Ricochet. He caught flying out of the so, ring yeah. and hit it with an spot. It was flawlessly executed. I was like, dude, two in a row. I have to give you a, a clap for that. You know? <laughs> Right when that went down, me, me, John, and Sam were all talking, and I, Sam, I don't remember if it was you or John that 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 said, "Holy crap! Did you see that choke slam?" I believe it was John. And, He's got a hard on for Corbin. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong; I like Corbin. Corbin has grown on me immensely. He used to be one of my least favorite guys on the product, but after he really blossomed into the, the GM role and, and kind of got comfortable in his shoes, I think he's probably the top heel in the company right now. Yeah, he draws that heat in. I like that he's still wearing the suit. Like, I think that just adds to it. It'll thing, but uh, it definitely works for him because you have all these professional wrestlers rather than there's Corbin in his suit. Like, oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> I, I just wish for that he would actually have him like still trying to be a general manager, even though he's not. Right. <laughs> At least that would explain why all these other heels are, are attracted to him. Um, and he seems to be like this leader, uh, but they just don't address it. Um, did you guys uh, talk about how the uh, Sami Zayn being hung up that that wasn't uh, Strowman? Like, we, I understand we that was really pretty telegraphed. I thought it was really weak, actually. You know, they, they did that, but then I'm like, storyline-wise, to me it doesn't make sense because you're having Brock Lesnar a heel attacking Sammy another heel when it's like, why would why would they pick Sammy out of all these guys? You know, why not somebody else? 
You know, and it just I seems re- to me it was like it's the reason for them to go, oh, hey, this is how, how we're keeping Braun off the show. Which is, they've run that dry. I was telling yeah. girlfriend when we were watching it, like, how many times are they going to take Strowman out of that? I'm about to get the title spot. Yeah. How did, you can't keep doing that. But um, <laughs> no, I love yeah, so it. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I had hoped Sammy would win it, actually. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. The, here, I will say one positive thing. For me, I think the, the MVP of the night was Finn Balor. That guy took so many bumps on ladders, it made the match up until that point for me. He took the he took the power bomb on the ladder. He took uh, I think a choke slam on the ladder. Um, he took like three or four major moves on ladders, and I was just like, "There's no way this guy is going to be getting back up." And uh, for you know, for a Money in the Bank match you kind of have to have those spots where you're just like cringe and Balor took him like a champ intercontinental champ at that. <laughs> well played. So, so I would say, you know, for the MVP of the night, I would go with Finn Balor. Um, and I, you know, I, I talk about all this stuff and I, I'm really down on the product in general, but I think the talent is amazing. There's very few talent there that I'm like, you know, doesn't deserve to be there. And, uh, I may not agree with the, the roles and positions every talent has or who's getting pushed where, but I think they have the most talented roster they've ever had in their entire uh, lineup of, of being a company. It's just how they're using their product. The biggest problem is there, there's so there's a lot of talent. I mean, more than we have ever seen, but there's so much that you don't see them. They're that's, not being put, yeah. put out there. That's the biggest problem, I feel. And that was what the brand split was supposed to help absolve, was to be able to feature, okay, we don't have to split time on both shows with one person. We can give more focus to an entire group. And why I hate people and stuff like that. Like, why well, even do the draft? But it's, <laughs> it's this contractual obligation that Vince has gotten himself into uh, so that he's created this wildcard rule so he can bring over the most popular talents on each show. But if you're going to do that, I say get rid of the brand split, unify the titles, give us just a slim down roster and let Which people Which before, that's what he had planned to do. And then all of a sudden they went back to the old plan and they, you know, they've now done what we have now. Yeah. So my thing I don't is know. Uh, you have a network. And you can easily have shows on the network that are worthwhile and use some of this talent that, hey, you don't have time for them on TV. You could have, like, you have main event on the network, but you only have, like, two matches on there. It's like, give us a main event without all the recap. And let's have, like, a, you know, a whole show on a main event of your, your lower level and your mid-card guys. Give an mm-hmm. hour of Monday Night Raw just to the women. Put the women on one hour show, and then you have Raw, and then you have SmackDown that are both two hours long. To me, that would make too much sense to actually yeah. have a women's show with a, a women's title, a women's tag title, and have actual storylines for the ladies. 
I think that they're still in the mindset of they have to package the ladies with the males in the product. Otherwise, I don't think they think that the women have draw enough by themselves. Like a standalone pay-per-view during the hype of the revolution? Cool. We can bank off of that. Actually investing in a regular full-time show, I think that they probably anticipate high ratings at first, and then once the honeymoon phase is over, dropping off. Well, what Sam is saying is not a full show for them. Just separate one out because Raw is three three hours long. So oh, there's have one hour. Yeah, but I mean, you know, this would it would it would open up time on Raw and SmackDown to actually use some some lower card guys, and you have all your women on one show that you could actually showcase and get them all together and get it going. Because having five women here and six women there. It's just re- repetition. You know, you have the same match every week or two. Uh, I think on SmackDown, we would get the same tag matches for like three or four months. It's like, oh, you know, Naomi and, Naomi and Becky are going to fight the, this, the, these ones again. It's like, oh, great. Hey. <laughs> I've seen this match a billion times already. And what they do, they go to the pay-per-view and they have the same match again. It's it's like, no, get all the women together. Bring the NXT women up. Just get all your women together and put on a good show. And let let people see good wrestling. So some of these women are great wrestlers. But, again, you know, they have an opportunity. Becky had both titles. They could have easily did a unified women's world championship. That would say something right there. A women's world championship instead of the Raw title, the SmackDown title, a Divas title, that sort of thing. I, I don't know. I, I have friends who quit watching WWE and all these other shows, and they would only watch Shimmer. And it, to me, that says that there's a there's a, a fan base out there for this. It's just a matter of WWE actually capitalizing on it. And they have the opportunity. They're just not doing it. I wonder if there's just there's not enough organization of the roster for them to properly conceive. I hate to reference the video games again, but when you're simulating in there, for me, I actually list out, okay, these are my main eventers, these are my upper mid-carters, these are my mid-carters, et cetera, down the line. And I branch it out. I create even face and heels. Everybody has kind of a storyline. Even if I don't put an angle in the show, like you're still seeing builds. I, for me, it's the division thing and why I like where AEW is going with tracking the stats and everything. Because yeah. if they said, these are the people in our world title division, here's the yeah. ranking for them. Then number one contender means something. How do I become number one contender? Oh, I have to get myself in a storyline. No, there's rankings. You have to beat this guy, this guy, and this guy. Then you'll be moved up. Right. And that Which we used to have in story line. back in the old days. WWF, you'd have like the Intercontinental Division. Which was totally separate than the world division, and yeah, now exactly. there's nothing like that. It's just uh, on a whim. And they have yeah, enough time to do it. Unfortunately, guys, <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to wrap this show up. I'm I'm looking at my uh, my phone here. My percentage is going down, and I'm on the run today. So that's going to wrap up our little raw pre-show, our Money in the Bank backlash, our first introduction of of our good friend Josh to the podcast. Uh, Hopefully it's been a good introduction for you, Josh. I'd like to have you back on sometime. 
it'll be fun to dive in with stuff. And I like um, being able to be providing kind of, uh, I don't know, devil's advocate perspective, as it were, to the anti-WWE movement that has kind of taken over the community. I I don't mean to be anti-WWE, but I am anti-bad writing. Sure. You know, and anti-bad storytelling. And that seems to be like what Vince does now and his little bubble he exists in. So, hey, I'm, I'm more than willing to say the things that I feel like that they do well. Oh, yeah. Just, Who would have thought there would have come a day when the fan base was like, man, I can't wait for Triple H to be in charge. <laughs> I cannot wait. You see what he does in NXT, and I, I think it's great. Yeah, it is. But who would have thought, you know, like 10, 20 years ago, we, the fan base, would have been clamoring for that. Triple H, really? Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> I mean, just a decade ago. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today. For Trucker Kyle, for our friend Josh, Sam Shaw, the Wrestling Connoisseur, this has been Ringside Ramblings. Until next time. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.